Welcome to the PTSD Podcast with your host, comedian and military veteran, Bernard the Laugh Therapist Hines, where we discuss PTSD, processing traumatic situations differently, and give you tools to help you overcome the stigma of seeking help. If you're ready to be inspired, then welcome to the stigma-free zone. Here's your host, the lap therapist himself, Bernard Hines. Hello, I am your host, Bernard Hines, a.k.a. the lap therapist. Welcome to the PTSD, Processing Traumatic Situations Differently podcast. Here, we try to inform, enlighten, and become advocates for one another as we learn more productive ways to process our trauma. Always remember, as a therapist, I am not licensed. I am only medicated. Welcome to the stigma-free zone. <laughs> welcome, 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 good people. I want to thank y'all for joining us uh, on this podcast. We're going to have a great time. I have a young lady, Miss Deidre Brown. She's a certified substance abuse counselor, amongst other things. So I want to bring her on to the screen right now. Come on, Miss Brown. Come on to the radio. Come on to the podcast. Come on to the world. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. Thank you for having me. How are you? No, thank you. Thank you. I met Miss Brown at the uh, Safe Harbor, and we were uh, have our times crossed when she's supposed to be doing her thing, and I'm supposed to be doing my thing, and things just got crossed. But I thank you yeah. for being here today. Uh, yeah. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, let's see. I've been in um, the substance abuse counseling business since 2009, and um, I've been doing child child welfare okay. since oh for so for over 20 years as well. So it's been it's been quite you know quite a ride. You know, I kind of started out a little late. You know, getting my degree and everything. You know, raising a family, going through right. life like issues and everything. So I kind of got my degree just for time just before I turned 40. Oh, um, ain't nothing wrong with that. That's, that's still yeah, you know? Hey, it's never too late. As long as you breathe in air, you know what I'm saying? It is never too late, unless you like me and don't like school. But uh <laughs> now I didn't say I didn't like to learn. I just say I don't like school. That is a total different thing. Now, right now you're working. Where are you working at right now? Well, actually, I'm no longer with Safe Harbor. I was okay. working there part time. Okay. Um, but I had like two part time jobs. So now okay. I'm working part time from home doing um hotline. I take still child welfare, just but I'm on the phone taking referrals for abuse and neglect of adults and children. Wow. And how was yeah. how was that? I mean, you, now all what I want to say is during COVID, was there a lot of that going on? Well, well, actually, when I was in the field, when I was working in the office and everything, we did start working from home. But the hotline actually was working remote way before COVID. So oh, they already, wow. yeah, the state, that's the state hot, uh, Virginia state hotline. They were okay. doing it from um, home or remote before COVID even hit. Mm. Wow. But yeah, okay. we found out that we in the office, you know, doing um, child protective services, foster care and everything. Yeah, we started doing it from home. And I think they're doing it even though, you know, COVID well, was not over, but you know what I mean? Correct. It's still doing um, a lot from home. You know, I think they do both now. Okay. Okay. Well, 
You're doing it. That's all we need to know. You you are doing it. So you are also a certified substance abuse counselor, correct? Yes, I am. And what made you get into that field? You know, um, people would think that I got into it because I was married to an addict for over 10 years. Mm. However, when I was, I wasn't thinking about it. But after my counseling, his counseling, divorce, all that stuff, you know, after years after that, I kind of met someone and it kind of got interested in it and just wanted to help and give back. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, yeah. That's that's good. So, uh, so as a substance abuse counselor, what are some of the things that you do, and what are some of the things that, uh, yeah, what, what exactly? What do you? I mean, when we when I hear certified substance abuse counselor, you know, I'm thinking, uh, what do they do? Okay. Well, right now, when I just finished with um, Safe Harbor, I was working part-time. When I did it full-time, and individuals that do it full-time, they do a lot. They do assessments. They do counseling. They Mm -hmm. do groups. They do group sessions. Um, They they do a lot. They do one-on-ones. You know, um, they, they, they go into working with people who unfortunately may have some suicidal um, ideation, stuff like okay. that. They, they they screen for stuff like that, for psychological issues. Because a lot of times in, um, and I'm not saying every single person, but a lot of people who suffer with um, substance abuse issues, it's a dual thing. It's okay. not just, yeah. I always tell them, I was like, you don't just wake up and say, okay, I'm going to abuse drugs, I'm going to abuse alcohol. You know, there's always something underneath, you know what mm. I mean? So you have to be able to treat and hopefully help them identify what that is. So they can not only stop using, but they can also figure out why they use in the first place. You know what I mean? Wow, that's, that is that is amazing. Cause I had a a young guy who was like my mentor in far as being a certified peer recovery specialist. And he said, you, you have to treat one, you know what I'm saying? It's like if a mm-hmm. person come in and say, Hey man, uh, someone is chasing me now. Were they chasing you before you start using or did they start chasing you after you start using? You know, <laughs> so, so exactly. it's like, yeah, to break that down because mental health is, is really getting, uh, is really, is it, do you think it's getting looked at? wide enough or is it just a fad right now everybody's saying mental health mental health mental health i think it my my opinion i think it goes both ways i think it is being looked at more now however i believe let me see how i can put this diplomatically okay okay (laughs) okay I believe some of the professionals may be overlooking or maybe miss, you know, maybe misdiagnosing sometimes, not right. all the okay. time. And right. it's a process. I get right. it. It's a process. I'm not a medical doctor, so Correct. I can't even go there with you. Okay. However, I know a lot of people don't like going to therapists and everything because, you know, they feel like it doesn't work. And what I try to tell them is dealing with the chemical imbalance on top of dealing with behavioral issues, and you have to deal with both of them. And right. if you only deal with one, you're going to have, you know, you're, you're, you're not going to get where you want to go. 
So I tell mm. them, I says, if you don't find the right therapist for yourself, just keep trying because it's also a personality thing. That is my you know? point. That's you, right. You may not, you may not, that person that you're sitting down talking with for whatever reason, whether mm-hmm. it be gender, race, just um just different background issues, you may not clap, you know, you may not um mesh with them. So Correct. just don't give up. You know, I mean, just try and find that right one. So That's I think it. it's it's I don't know. Sometimes I think it's a crapshoot. Okay. But I do think that the society is looking at it differently and looking at it a little more or looking at it better, put it that way. Looking right. at it. And I think our uh our legislators until um, it really kind of hits home sometimes, that's when they really get serious about something. Yes, really, exactly. That's what it, so I remember you saying, you uh, mentioned earlier about your personal experience with the addict. Would you mind uh, elaborating on that if possible? Well, um, I well, I kind of married my childhood sweetheart. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. so we knew each other. We we knew each other since before we got together, obviously, because we knew each other since we was like six years, eight years old or something like that. Okay. So anyway, through, you know, we ended up getting together and uh, we, I'm from New York. Um, I can hear that <laughs> accent. I can hear that accent right there. <laughs> Born and raised, you know, okay. we, lived the, we lived on the same block and everything, right? And as we became teenagers, we started hanging out a little more and everything, right? But anyway, we got married, had had a couple of kids. And unfortunately, you know, he got, you know, into that. That was mm-hmm. the crack era, you know. Okay. And yeah. So um, I believed, I, I, and I actually still do. I believe in the, for better, for worse, rich, for poor, sicker, and you know, I believe in all that stuff. I always right. did. And I stuck with it. You know, I stuck with them thinking, you know, if I did this, if I did that, you know, it was mm-hmm. always like, if I do this, if I do that, right? So anyway, what? But basically what came down to, my parents left New York and um, retired to New Mexico, Las Cruces, New Mexico. Oh, wow. And um, it got that bad here in New York with me and my ex that I took my kids and went there. Okay. Yeah. So um, eventually he stopped and he came there also. And But then you can't get away from that drug. Correct until you. He found yeah. it in Las Cruces, New Mexico. Exactly. Right. Okay. Yeah. So it got it got really bad there. It got really really bad. Um, but he did end up going into rehab in New Mexico, and I think that's where I pretty much found um, the the my my saving grace because I went to my group and he okay. went to his, and I learned that he had to do his thing and I had to do my thing, and then I also learned that a codependent him sometimes be sicker than the addict, you know, because you always mm. want to fix things. Please and, say know, that one more time. Please say that one more time. <laughs> sometimes the codependent can be sicker than the addict because they're enabling and they oh, got, right. you know, they're fixing everything. And that's what I was doing. He didn't pay a bill, I paid. You know I mean? I made sure that my family everything was okay until I just couldn't anymore. And right. it was basically a breakdown. And I, you know, when you had, and I remember a friend of mine or was my god brother from years and years and years ago. He was a heroin addict, okay. and, but he was when he was clean. When he told me this, he said, and I and I asked him. I said because I was in the middle of this, and I said, I said, you know, how, how what do I do? How do I? He says, you know what, Deirdre? He says, all I could tell you is you're when it's when you when it's enough, mm-hmm. you'll know it's enough. I can't tell you when it's going to be enough, 
Correct. I can't tell you what it's going to be like, how you're going to feel. But when you get to that point, you will know. And you know what? I don't know. It was, and I mean, it was years later. Okay. This was early in our relationship that I talked to him. So I never forget when I had enough, I remembered his words. They rang right back to me. Wow. Yeah, I was like, I had enough. And I was like, wow. And I went out and I got a divorce. I got my kids. I got out and I stayed out this time. Right. You know, but, but God wow. is good, you know? Cause yes, he is. Now he, yeah, he's, um, he's, he's well and went back to school and got married a couple more times and oh. do, doing well, got his house and everything, you know what I mean? You okay. know, after that. So, I mean, he's doing well. I'm doing well. So it's all good. The kids are great. That's great. I mean, that, that's a that's basically what we want a success story. I mean, regardless yeah. of how it starts, it's how it's, it how it ends. Right, right. It's how it ends. Now, I have a I have a question. Now, being 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 a person that was with an addict or anything like that, did at any time you felt like you was being pulled into that lifestyle? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh yeah, wow. Yeah, and I'm, and not a lot of people know this, and I... <laughs> but yeah. I don't want to say I was pulled in. Okay. But like I said, we've known each other for many years. So okay. we kind of went through it together. It's just that there before the grace of God goes high, he got he got to the point where, let me put it to you this way. I remember myself thinking when I indulged in some of the things that he did, mm-hmm. I remember thinking, looking down at my children and saying, oh my God, mm. if I go the same way he's going. What's going to happen to them? Right. I literally thought that. And I thought about, because, you know, I come up in the era where you don't want your parents to be disappointed in you. You don't want right. to hurt yeah. them. You know, yeah. you don't want to you don't want to get in trouble kind of thing. You know what I mean? Right. And I thought about what would my parents think of me? Wow. All that went through my head. What would my parents think? And, and for the grace of God, that is what stopped me. I was like, no, I'm not going to do this. And I stopped. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that was um that was my save. I don't know. I think that was my saving grace. Correct. Wow. Yeah. That is amazing. Yes. Listen, y'all, we're talking to Miss Deidre Brown. She's a 20, she had 20 years plus in the social services field. She's a certified substance abuse counselor. Y'all, she she's giving us some nuggets right now that uh she probably didn't know she was gonna give. No, I didn't. <laughs> Sometimes I talk so much, I say, "All right, dear." You just up. like me. You you are just like me. I mean, we're open book because we want to help. We want yeah. help so much that we're like, yeah. "Listen, if my story can help you, so be it." Exactly. So and that's it. how so, I look at it. Wow. So, as a certified substance abuse counselor, what is one of the best compliments you receive, or basically, you know, that person that came into you? Uh, one way and left another. I get, and and I attribute it to my ability to give my groups and my lessons as far as life goes. Okay. okay. Um, I try. I I, try, I make sure that I tell my groups mm-hmm. that yes, I know you're here for a specific reason. You want to stop using. I get that, and I'm not minimizing that whatsoever. Right. But what I try to give them is life life okay. um, lessons and I, I all my all my um 
what do you call them, um, presentations or lessons, whatever, however you want to um, phrase it, uh-huh. I try to focus around real life. That's it. Even if, right, anybody who has gone through any type of trauma mm-hmm. or any type of ups and downs can sit in my group and get something from it. Wow. So I talk about, I use my I make I make up all my um my presentations. I got presentations how jazz music can mm. help you heal. Um I, I got presentations about but mind body connection. Mm. I got a presentation on meditation. Um I mean I just have presentations involving anything that I try to touch on anything that will hopefully bring you back to a whole person. Correct. You know? That's good. Yeah, so when when they leave, okay. fortunately, they what they do say to this, because I am, I'm very upfront. They're like, you're real, you're real, Miss D. I was mm-hmm. like, thank you. You know, they really enjoy the group. They right. always get something out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, yeah, they always get something out of it. And I always tell them, take what you can from my group. And whatever you can't use, throw it away. There you go. You know? <laughs> there you side. go. Yeah, because I'm not here to say I, I I can't cure everybody, and I mean I'm not saying that I'm the the, the guru of anything. It's just right. I'm using but, my knowledge, right? But you can tell when somebody's faking and pulling your leg, right? Trying to. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And I let you know what I let them go because I tell them straight up and say, "You're not hurt my feelings. You know what? You're hurting yourself." Self. That's I tell it. them that every time. I was like, you know what? Anything. And if you don't like me, I understand that too. I mean, yeah, don't get me wrong. Everybody wants to be liked. Correct, that. correct, correct. I mean, but at the same time, I know everybody's not going to like me. <laughs> and, and that's and, fine too. And if you, if if I'm not being liked for doing the right thing, then then right then, then oh well. Exactly. You know what I'm if you ain't like me, if you don't like me because I'm doing my job effectively and you can see it's helping others now, you don't want to do, oh well. And like you mm-hmm. said, Maybe our personalities don't clash. Exactly. Maybe we find somebody else. Wow. And I tell them, you can leave. Right. I mean, right. I won't be offended if you feel like you need to get up and leave my group because I said something that mm-hmm. you felt wasn't appropriate, which I can't imagine what I would have said that wasn't appropriate, but I mean, <laughs> you never know. It might think so. I mean, I try to keep it very clean. Right. Actually, they're the ones who are not. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're good. Yes, sir. <laughs> but um yeah i mean i just try to reach them in real life you know talk about relationships Mm -hmm. talking about mending what they need to do talk about self-awareness i have a i have a really big one on self-awareness because i try to tell them if you are not aware of who you are Mm. then how are you supposed to grow or how are you supposed to mend Okay, so I do a a whole thing on self-awareness. I have videos, PowerPoints. um, I play games with them, Mm -hmm. you know, just different things just to try to make it um, it interesting and fun at the same time sometimes. Right, because interesting and fun is a real, real good thing. Mm-hmm. Real good thing. Now, when you hitting the, when you hitting and talking and stuff like that, do you find out that most of sometimes a lot of stuff stems from childhood? What do you mean when I'm talking? When you when you're dealing, or well, when they're talking and you're doing like your groups and stuff, did anything come up like 
uh, uh, you know, childhood issues that might have affected him right now? Oh, yes, most definitely. And I don't dwell, I mean, in groups, I don't dwell too deep into it because each individual well, could be pretty heavy. Okay. <laughs> so Got so I try not to try not to dwell too deeply into one person's, but I do let them speak as much as I possibly can because I only get a, on when I did the groups, I only got an hour. Hour, correct. Um, but yes, and and that's why sometimes I would give them exercises and they'd be like, Do we have to do them now? I said, No. I what I would like you to do is take your time and just go through it. You know, mm. if you want to, I tell them, go with your do it with your counselor. And okay. also, I told them, sometimes you got to peel that onion. And I told my sister, don't peel that onion if you're not in a safe place. Yes. Like, yeah, because if you could peel that onion to a point where, okay. whoa, it could be pretty dangerous. I got that. I'm, yes. I'm, I'm taking that. Don't steal, Don't peel that onion unless you're in a safe place. Ooh! Right. I because like when you start peeling, there's all kinds of stuff that could come up that you Correct. are not even aware of. Mm. That can do a little, if you're not in a good place or with people you trust, that might do some damage instead of good. So, Correct. But yeah, I think everybody needs to peel that onion to a certain extent. And that's how you become self-aware of who you are and where you came from. Because if you don't know where you came, you know what? And I keep telling myself, you got to start looking forward. Because if you keep looking in the rearview mirror, how are you going to know where you're going? You know what that's I mean? Right. So, that's yeah. right. I mean... When I went and talked to my therapist this last session I had, she hit me hard. She was like, you can't keep living from your fractured self. You're going to mm. have to start living from your healed self. Yes. And yes. living from that fractured self is easy for us. I mean, because yes. we're used to it. We know it. it you know, we know how to it's deal familiar. with it. You're familiar. Correct. But living from that healed side. Ooh, scary. Very scary. <laughs> that Very. is all new. Yeah, yes, you don't know is. what to expect. Correct. You know? Correct. So I always ask them to this question. I was like, how do you, I said, how do you, I said, think back. I said, always, you can't forget, don't forget your past because you said forget, you don't want to repeat it. Okay. Correct. okay. Don't live in it, but don't forget it. Okay. okay. Because okay. if you forget it, then you're going to be like, you know, oh, I could do that again. That's no problem. No, no, no. Mm -hmm. Remember how it made you feel. Remember what you lost. Mm. Okay, because you don't want to go back there and then do what you learned. Okay. Mm. That's good. Yeah, it's 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 a, I mean, I know it's not easy. And I tell no, them at, that it's like everything that I'm telling you guys, I am in no way saying that it's easy. You're it's right. Work. That's right. It's work. Said, and, yeah. And how many of and I used to tell them, how many of you come back here over and why do you come back? Okay. And they, and they say, because I used again. Oh, I, I said mm. exactly. You have to put what you learn in practice. You can right. give you everything in the world, all kinds of tools, but if you don't implement them, mm -hmm. they're useless. They're useless, correct. Because I've seen a couple of them, you know, come back and they look and they be ashamed, like, yeah, man. I, I said, hey, man, at least you knew where to come back to. Right. And you have you some know, place to come back to. You have some place to come back to. That is. Wow, that's powerful. Right. Now, what do you think people misunderstand about a, a certified substance abuse counselor? Hmm. What do they misunderstand? You know, yeah, I'm I mean, not sure. I'm not it sure. might be nothing. I'm just saying, <laughs> I know people, because, you know, when you hear 
certified substance abuse counselor, you know, I'm thinking, you know, you're supposed to walk on eggshells when you're talking to them. Do you supposed to come straight forward? Do you supposed to be, you know, a certain way? Is it, you know, a certain approach you're supposed to use? Can you be your own? You know, it's just mm. because, because uh, I know they have uh, substance abuse counsel like in the courts and stuff like that. Am I correct? In courts? Yeah, like like um like when someone goes in for for drug. Oh, you uh, mean like drug court? Yeah, drug court. Oh, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Are y'all in there? I'm. I've never been involved with drug court. Okay, no, but I they haven't. do have uh, certified substance abuse counselors in there, correct? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, yeah, I, I'm not sure if there's any misunderstanding. I know my. I had an excellent mentor teacher. Okay. Unfortunately, passed now, but. I love that woman, but she she was. People think I'm up front. That woman, oof, she she mm. was in the business thirty or more years. She grandfathered in. She didn't even really, yeah, right, right, <laughs> so the way, right. The way she trained me, it, you know, I I believe I understood exactly what we were supposed to do, but I'm not sure um, if there's a misunderstanding. I never okay. encountered anybody who didn't understand what it was that I did. Got it. That's good. And a little bit of what you said leads into my next question. Mm -hmm. Tell me about the three most influential people in your life and how they impacted you. Three. I mean, you can give me two. You can give me one. I saw that question question early and I was like, dang, Nabbit, I can't think of three. Okay. Of course, my mother's first. Okay. That woman. Um, I, I wish she was still here. Correct. I think about her often, of um, all the time. Okay. I believe she'll be proud of me. Okay. Um, sweet lady, sweet. Give the shirt off her back. Okay. But but she but she was a mama. She was a New York mama, mm-hmm. <laughs> and she didn't take no stuff. You know. <laughs> right. She brought us up. She brought us up. Not hard, but um, res- be respectful, respectful. Mm-hmm. to to be able to speak your mind. Okay. She, she, you know, she got us involved in different um, um, curriculum or act- activities and stuff. You know, her and my, my father was a um, was a fraternity brother, Alpha. Okay. And, okay. Yeah, they did some. They got me into traveling. They traveled a lot because they were not only fraternity, but they were all. She had a belong to a bridge club, and, mm. and at that, that's how they got to that. They traveled to New Mexico, and that's how they found their land, and they ended up moving there because they okay. did a little traveling. Yeah, See, I would say my right mother there. and my father. My mother, and my father, you know, married, stayed together. It was, you know, I I was fortunate to have that. What they call is it a nuclear family? I guess they call it. I don't know. The, I don't the, know either. Yeah, mother, father, sister, brother. I had the, you know it was the three of us. So you know. Oh, so okay. Was, yeah, you had the Brady so bunch. Man. You had the. I mean, not the Brady bunch. You had the real family. Y'all was together. Yeah, yeah we were together to the end. My my dad passed first, and then um wow. some years some years later, my mom passed. My mom just passed in twenty twelve. My father okay. passed in. Like, yeah, it's it's amazing something. when you know when you can have that family that I mean just listen to what you're saying right now. You I mean New York to New Mexico brought some land. <laughs> that's that's you know that's that's really <laughs> unheard of. 
to Virginia. I know, right? Yeah. So, and, then because, I, uh, and then I do a lot of traveling. You know, I mean, I've been to Dubai. I've been, okay. You know, and I'm not military at all, but I just love to travel. You know, right Hawaii, now. California. Well, it's in you. Huh? It's, it's in you with your parents. Yeah, I love it. I love traveling. Yeah. I want to. I want to do more. I'm semi-retired now. That's why I said I just need one part-time job. That's why I have to give up one because uh, I need to go. I need to go when I want to go. Okay, I like. <laughs> when it's time to go, it's time to it's go. Time to go. So, so I know you person, say. Let me just tell you, the third person right. is my mentor, the one I told you about. Correct. Yeah, Yeah. Hey, you you always have to have somebody that uh that don't sugarcoat it with you that can. That you respect, that can tell you when you're wrong, and you don't think, you know, what they tell, what they saying it to me for. So yes. that, yeah, that is that is awesome. That is awesome. I had another question, but you know, when you're dealing with a disabled veteran with memory issues and stuff like that, <laughs> it just it just goes into another ramp. Oh, but it comes back though. It <laughs> comes good. back. I now I know you said your former education. You say you started late. So what did you uh, do your education at? Oh, I got my bachelor. Well, actually, I went, when I was in New Mexico, okay, let's put it this way. I started school right out of high school in New York. Okay. But kind of sporadically, um, what do you call it? Uh, back in the day. <laughs> back in the day, you didn't have to pay for college. You just had to pay for your books, community what? colleges, right? Yeah. Okay. So um, that's what I did. But one year... While I was in college, that's when, you know, you started paying for college and you just couldn't afford it. I had married, kids mm -hmm. and everything. So anyway, when I went to New Mexico, I went back to school and I changed my major like four or five times. Mm -hmm. I went from education, accounting, data processing, I think they call it information systems now, uh -huh. um, special education. And um, when I came here in Virginia, I fell in love with psychology. Mm -hmm. So I went to Norfolk State to finish everything off. I was at um, New Mexico State University when I was in um, Las Cruces. And then when Lobo. I came here, I tr everything transferred. Okay. And I finished at Norfolk State University and got my psychology degree and bachelor's in, uh, my bachelor's in psychology. Okay. So I wanted to continue on. Mm-hmm. And um, that's when I, and after that, I ended up getting my um, job in the social service field. So while I was in the social service field, I went back to school, but I went online to Walden University. And I got my master's okay. in social in psychology. Wow. So I went on to get my oh, PhD. Oh, then, then we're going on. We're going on and on and yes. on. Okay. Unfortunately, I didn't finish my PhD, financial okay. issues, but I did get all the way up to writing my dissertation. Wow. Yeah. So that that's my education. And of course, education, of course, in substance abuse counseling. So so to be a substance abuse counselor, do you have to have a degree? To be a counselor, yes, you have to have at least a bachelor's. Okay. You could be a, you could be an aide if you don't have your bachelor's. You don't uh, have to have okay. your master's, but you do have to have your bachelor's to be a, a counselor. Great. Listen, y'all, we talking to Miss Deirdre Brown. She's a she's been in the social service field for twenty years. She told us she loved to travel. She's a substance abuse counselor. She done went from New York all the way to Los uh, uh, to uh, New Mexico, and I know that's far because I used to go to El Paso and I was in the military. So that's on the other end of the country. 
Yeah, that's where we used to party when I was in Las Cruces in El Paso. <laughs> oh, you used to go to the Air Fort Bliss. Uh-huh. All right there. All right. Listen, thank you. But I want to ask you, what is one advice that you would give someone? Well, one piece of advice or, if my, or more you would give someone who is trying, uh, someone who is starting out in your career, either the social worker or the substance abuse. Don't do the social work. No one can. Oh, you tell them don't do it. No, let me stop. <laughs> it's a, I don't know how many people when I did child protective services have told me, oh, I could never do that. And absolutely right. It takes a certain kind of person to deal with that type of stuff. So yeah, you let, have, me, let me stop you right there. Cause y'all have to sometimes move the kids out the house. Yes. Ooh. You have to knock on people's doors. Yeah. It's, it's very, it's not only dangerous, but it's very, very nerve wracking. And, and it's 24 7, 364 days. You know what I mean? It's Ooh. all the time. Okay. Um, mm. it's, a, it's, 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 but it's a necessary field, but Correct. it's just not for it. Everybody can't do it. It's real hard. You know, it's very right. hard. So you do y'all cannot, have police protection? I'm sorry, do y'all have police protection when y'all go there? Sometimes? You can. I, yeah, it depends on where I was going. I would call them and they would come. Yeah. Oh, wow. You could bring them in, but I didn't always bring them. It just depends on the situation. Because you're from New York. You know, you ain't need to. <laughs> no, that wasn't it. <laughs> you're from New York. I don't need no. <laughs> I think people find it hard because people have to realize you cannot bring your values, your morals into that job. And that was what I saw a lot of people do. How you go, when you go into these people's homes and these people's lives, you cannot impose your own values and morals onto them. You need to really follow guidelines and do your job and not expect people to live and and, and do what you do. That is amazing. You say, I, That is amazing. Because oh, that is that is powerful right there. Yeah, it's very true. Guidelines stick to the paper. Yeah, wow. Yeah, and then um, substance abuse counseling. I think it's very rewarding as well. I okay. I I prefer doing it with adults. Okay. Um, I mean it's a great need with children as well. Mm-hmm. But um, I prefer adults. I've okay. worked very little with, the, I mean, I've worked with children in regards when I was in social service and everything, and, or when I was dealing in, um, on, what do you call it? Um, I did in-home service. I did um, the private sector in-home as well. So okay. I dealt a little bit there. But um, I think I'm able to relate to adults a little more yeah. in regards to, like I told you before, real life and Mm-hmm. What it is that you you know what it is that you need to address and stuff like that. So I find it very rewarding when I um when I when I try to help adults overcome whatever obstacles that they may have. Wow, and 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 that's with me with Mark Comedy. I I can't do high schoolers or college. I, I could, probably could, but I don't I don't deal with high school because uh, I'm. I'm 55. I talk about life. You know, you ain't had no. Right? That sucker go right over their head. Right <laughs> over their head. <laughs> Looking crazy. That look. I know. I didn't have this one on the paper, but I'm still gonna throw it out there to you if you okay. want to answer it. You can. I'm sure you will. Um, how has your faith played a part in this? Oh, big time. I mean, okay. especially 
well, even in the substance abuse, but in the social services, mm-hmm. I would literally pray before going to these people's homes. Right. And God covered me. Honestly, okay. he did. Because I remember one time I went to this person's house and, sh- and I mean, you know, because they don't have to let you in. Correct. And I stood on the porch and, you know, and I calmly was talking to her and explaining to her, you know, what I was trying to do. I'm not here to take your child. I just need to talk to you, blah, 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 blah. And she was just, ah, she's like, oh, come in. I don't know what it is about you. There's something about you. There's just mm. this horror of you. Just come in, come in, come in and, and, and we'll fall. I was like, okay. You know, so I contribute that to the Lord. You know what I mean? Correct. Yeah, I contribute uh, on everything that I went through. The fact that I came out of there still sane. Okay. <laughs> the fact that I came out in one piece. Right. I give the glory to God. I'm telling on, you because man. I've been in some situations. I've been in, I know we, you know, there was one lady, because we. I dealt with a lot with trauma, with fatalities, right. children's deaths. I dealt mm-hmm. with um, sex abuse. Um, like head, you know, um, skull fractures, stuff like that, big trauma. And I went to this woman's, this couple's house, and are you saying that we killed our baby? And I was like, no, but I have to ask certain questions. Get the f out my house. Wow. I was like, okay, no problem. Here's my card. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, I'm gonna do what you said. Yeah. No problem, you know what I mean? But you know what? The funny thing is when I called them, because you know, I gave them some time when I called them later, they were apologizing to me. It was like, Miss Brown, we know you was just doing your job. We're sorry. I says, No, you have no reason to, but you know, you have big loss. You know, so that's trauma, yeah. Yeah, I I'm, I kept him first in everything. And um I try to do that even now in life in general. Mm-hmm. But in that job, it was just something that I had to put because you know, not only are you dealing with the individuals in the field, but you're dealing with your uh, agency, your okay, you know what I mean. You're dealing right. with the policies and this and that, you know. So right. yeah, all around, it's very stressful. So I say to anybody who wants to go in that field, just just do your research, do your research, research, research before you make that decision. Wow, what well, Miss Brown? I would like to applaud you for what you do and what you have done and what you will continue to do because it it takes, as you just said, it takes special people to do certain jobs and what someone else won't do, you are doing. And I want to thank you for that. Thank you. I want to thank you for that. Listen, y'all, we have been talking to Ms. Deirdre Brown. She is 20 years in the social service field. She is a substance abuse counselor and she is exploradora because she says she's <laughs> going traveling. <laughs> right now, she's going to travel. But I'm going to have a little fun with you. What is your favorite movie? Oh, my gosh. I have... Oh. All right, well, give me three. Give me three of your favorite movies. I was trying to be nice with you and get you... Trying to get to know you. Uh, yeah, give, oh me, give me one of them. Oh, my gosh. Huh? My favorite... Huh? Movie. I have uh-huh. so many. Okay. Um, I, I, love, I love I watch it over and over and over too. But I used to well, I used to love Matrix. Oh. Um, I can't watch that one over and over and over, but I've watched it over before. I like um I like action. You know, I like action films, so anything with action. Um 
Mm-hmm. I, I like Mush. I like Titanic. Okay. <laughs> I like okay. Uh, Independence Day. Okay. Um, oh, so you, okay. Okay. You like the action, action. Yeah. I love all that stuff. You know what I mean? So, um, but I like the comedies. You okay. Know? That's what I want to get I love get comedies. To. Yeah. Okay. I love com- good comedies. You know? Good comedies. Okay. Um, I can't think of any off the top of my head right now, but yeah. Well, you said in on one of my sessions, so I think that was good comedy. So. Oh, yeah, that was excellent comedy, actually. <laughs> that was excellent comedy. I know they love you over there. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And I didn't pay her to say that, y'all. I did not pay her to say that. But, Ms. Brown, <laughs> I want to thank you for your time. I want to thank you for what you do. Continue oh, to thank make you. A, continue to make a difference. And right now, you are released from the stigma-free zone. Oh, well, thank you for having me. I do appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the PTSD Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please hit follow or subscribe on all podcast platforms so you can stay up to date on new episodes. Until next time, stay stigma-free.